This is RPG Cast number 654 for the week of November 5th, 2022. I'm your host, not Provinci. I'm sorry. I'm your host, Phil Willis, aka JC Sermon, the Utah Polygamist from RPGamer.com. And I am here with a couple of lovely ladies. So we can discuss all kinds of news, reviews, and everything else related to the world of RPGs. How are you doing, Kelly? Uh, okay, for the most part, aside from dealing with a sort of sick cat all week. Aww. Even though the vet said that he's not sick and they just can't figure out why he's lost seven pounds. <gasps> seven pounds? <laughs> now, yeah, it's w- worth noting that he was a serious chunker. Yeah, he was like set for went from seventeen to ten. But, oh, well, but still, oh, they, like quickly. I, I do not know when it started. I just like looked up one day. I'm like, wait a minute, Mer, why are you so thin? So, <laughs> well, how did you change his diet or anything? No. Um, and they ran blood work and they ran a urine test and they're like, yeah, everything is perfectly normal. So the next step is to do a sonogram to see if he's got like th- they think they he's got thickened intestine wall which oh. ha- happens a lot in older cats oh. and well he looks like he could be Busenheimer's twin uh, no I, I know that we have a fine tradition here on RPG cast of doing cat cams this is as close as you guys are going to get so I don't I, have the camera set up I could never hold Murray like that without getting my face chomped through <laughs> So for those of you who are not watching us live at twitch.tv slash rpgamer, there is a very adorable kitty on stream right now. His name oh, is Sir. Oh, I just Serp. want to hug in... him. He, he, is, he, is he really that chill? Uh, it, yeah. Yeah, yep, yep, he is. He, he just does not care. Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that other wonderful voice you hear is the one, the only, Anna Marie Privetea. Hello. How are you doing today? Um, Recovering well? Sore? Stiff? Um, So the whole reason that Phil has graciously stepped in and is uh, hosting, doing our hosting duties is um, Chris and I both had uh, surgery this week. So Chris had a carpal tunnel and cubital tunnel repair, and I had a cubital tunnel repair. Um, And so neither of us were in a good state that we could just be like, yeah, of course we'll host the podcast. And so graciously Phil said, well, it's extra life. I will step in. Are you trading pain pills back and forth? I liked it so much. I'm getting it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, So Chris is actually set up for a a two for one sale. So he had his right hand and elbow done on November 1st. And on November 15th, he goes back in and he gets his left elbow and hand done. Wow. And so very, very uh, nicely, we called up my mom and said, um, we are going to have no good hands between the two of us. Would you mind coming and staying with us maybe for a couple of weeks and doing things like lifting cans to feed the cats? And so... We have my mom here taking care of the two of us. Oh, that's, that's nice so of nice. her. Yes. Cool. Variety. Well, uh, I believe this is the part of the, the show where we jump into what we're playing uh, lately. Miss 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 Anna, while, while you're here, why don't you 
share with us what's yeah, tickled your fancy lately. It's been a few weeks since I've been on. Um, so I'm actually playing the review copy of uh, Near uh, Yorha on Nintendo Switch. Um, although at the moment it is a little bit challenging to play since it does require two good hands. Um, but also that game is really depressing. <laughs> and so I've kind of been intermingling playing a couple of other much more cheerful games in between my sessions of Nier. Um, so I played and finished uh, Blacksmith of the Sands, uh, which is a Chemco published game. Whoop. Mm-hmm. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, red alert. How is that? I've, I keep seeing that one on my timeline, and it Honestly, looks interesting. It's way better than it deserves to be. <laughs> it's fun. So it's got a really simple, but it's got a really tight gameplay loop where you're, you are basically the son of a blacksmith, and but you wanted to be an adventurer, but then your dad died, so you had to take over his blacksmith shop. So now you're doing both. You're both a blacksmith and an adventurer. So the sort of gameplay loop is go into dungeons, get materials, go back to your uh, blacksmithing shop, <clears throat> make items, sell items, leather, rinse, repeat. Well, that sounds fun. It is, like I said, way, way better than I, I ever thought it was going to be. And so I did have a lot of fun with it. Um, it's one of those games where it's fine. It, it's not going to win any awards. It's not amazing. It's not a five out of five game, but it's fun. It knows what it's trying to do. It doesn't overcommit to what it's trying to do. And yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. I, um, I don't I, know if you, did you ever play Weapon Shop de Omase? On I did. You're giving me that kind of vibe talking about it. I yeah. love that Ooh. game. You have class that, selection. Yeah. So um, you are sort of uh, the main character, Volk. Um, that's sort of like the titular blacksmith son main character. And then you get to make four additional characters that go with you. And I think mine were uh, Jay Scarp, uh, Kells, uh, Paws, and Nabuo. Uh, for a whole nice. RPG cast sweep of uh, party members. And this and, main protagonist guy looks extremely familiar. Red hair. Young yep. Man. I swear. I've yeah, seen he's got some before. major Adol vibes. For Adol, sure. Right. There we go. Yeah. I was like, holy cow. Deja vu. Deja vu all over again. Right. Uh, but I really, I mean, God, I, I see the screenshot with the job system. I'm like, ooh, job system. <laughs> Yeah, and so it's it's the job system is sort of really interesting um, because it tries to be all things at once. So um, when you're inside of a class and inside of a subclass, those are the active abilities you have access to. Um, when but any class that you've unlocked, you can use their um, passive abilities. And so you have to kind of weigh between which active abilities you want and which passive abilities that you want to build good quality characters. Um, it definitely has some sort of leftover tidbits from when it was a mobile game 
Um, so there is like a purchasable currency, but you can't buy that currency on the Switch. You just earn it through playing the game, which is nice. I, you could not do that in the original mobile game. So, um, and then since I needed something else to sort of pad out my Yorha time because that game is really super depressing, um, I started playing Nino Kuni 2 on the Switch. Oh, that should be a little less depressing, right? I love that game on the P- PS4. So Chris originally played this game on PS4, and I did all of the town building for him. Um, and so now I'm doing all of the combat and all of the sort of risk-style um, mini-game fights and all of the town building. And it is definitely a much more holistic experience. So I'm enjoying the heck out of it. I'm actually playing it right now since nice. um, it's extra live. Extra live, woo! I, I got very hooked on the the RTS part of that. I I wish that they would have had more RTS battles in that. Um, yeah, they definitely comprise kind of a minority of the gameplay, but it's nice because they do break up um, everything else that you're doing. I was probably one of the few people who really liked the tower defense thing in Final Fantasy VII and wanted more of it. Oh, the Fort Condor? Mm-hmm. Fort Condor, yeah. Fort Condor is awesome. I have a I lot of fun with Fort Condor. I think um, you need to play the DLC because that's like a whole new minigame in uh, the integrated version of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh. Yeah, they expanded out pretty significantly. I'm I'm hoping that they bring it back for the next game. Coolly. So that's kind of what I've been playing over the last few weeks. Right. How about you, Miss Kelly? Well, I when November started, I realized that I have 18 days to finish Trails from Zero, because otherwise Pokemon's going to take over my life on the 18th. Uh, So I've been knuckling down and trying to get through that. I am currently on chapter four, I think day two. Um, Man, the the end of chapter three was a trip. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. So so, uh, talking about that auction, I I think I can talk about that mostly spoiler free. Um, though seeing Elector show up again, I forgot what a character that guy is. And when he just whips out a fishing pole at this palace and starts fishing oh my goldfish God, out I of a pond, I I <laughs> I about cried laughing. laughing. It's like Elector, you never change in any of these games. <laughs> yep. Nice to know that uh the more things change, the more Elector fishes. Anime trope the series. What, Trails? Yes, Trails is anime of the series. Well, it's funny because um, Phil and I were talking pre-show about um, One Piece because I went to the One Piece movie mm-hmm. last night. Yeah. And people <laughs> people always say, oh, there's too many episodes of One Piece and there's too much stuff to keep track of. And it it made me think of the same complaints people have about Trails when, just like Trails, you could pretty much jump in at any story arc and at most you're just going to miss out on like oh who's that character uh i mean 
the thing that I'm appreciating more and more about trails is they definitely sort of had in mind as they were making it that people were not necessarily going to play these in order. Mm-hmm. I and mean, so t- talking about the end of chapter three, a uh, major character shows up and I'm like, oh, that's why they seem so important in the Cold Steel series. <laughs> Because once again, Cold Steel made a big deal about that character just kind of showing up. And and then it was like, yeah, okay, I I get it now. That's why they were, there was such a mystery behind it. I'm trying not to be too spoilery. But then there's other interesting things, like anything involving Reen. If you've never played a Trails game, you're just going to think that she's just an innocent little girl. But... If, if you played the previous series, you're just like waiting for the shooter, other shoe to drop, you know, and I, I like stuff like that. And yeah, One Piece is definitely the pretty much the same thing. Um, you're going to be, you know, last, I've watched a good chunk of One Piece, but I kind of fell off at about the Dress Rosa arc. And, you know, all these characters show up in the movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that whale guy is a straw hat now. I somehow I forgot about that. And I only know that because my husband told me. And then, yeah, there was a couple of characters that was like, well, when did they show up? Oh, here. Yeah, but um, (laughs) I I guess you could say that uh, Kiseki is the one piece of games. (laughs) I mean, they're both anime as hell. Mm. Um, I I like my anime, so it works out well for me. Oh, I I love my anime, too. this stuff is my jam, and I, I, I'm dig- still digging the crap out of this game. It's been just a blast to play through. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to have it finished up uh, soonish. Like I said, I'm in Chapter 4. I don't know how long Chapter 4 is going to go on, and then I guess there's a final chapter. Um, Chapter 4 is semi-long? Okay. I, I just went through that one uh, moon shrine. Yeah. <clears throat> so I feel like chapter four is long, not because it's really super duper packed with content, but because you have to travel a lot. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the one side quest having to be literally going to the four corners of the map to find yep. uh, library books. Yep. But they so. do a good job with the fast travel in that game. Eh, I kind of wish there was a little more flexibility with the fast travel. That you just wish that you could go directly to the town and not have to take a bus? Yes, like having to go to a bus stop to travel back to town, that annoyed me. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Oh, and the chess jokes have just been on point later in the game. What is a chest? A miserable pile of seats? No, wait, no. It wasn't that one. It was uh, the line before it. Crap, I'm blanking on the line before it. What is a chest but a miserable pile of secrets? Uh, chest kind ill needs a thief such as you. Yes. That was the one. And I screenshotted it and I could have just pulled it up on my Switch. I've been taking screenshots of some I, of the funnier ones. How do they just come up with so many of these, too? Like, I mean, you think about through all the games and everything, uh, that's a lot. You, um, I mean, they probably just go to the staff and like, okay, write down five chess jokes. 
That's, that's like every I day you it. punch into work, you got to write down a couple of chess jokes. Like it's just required so they can just build up this big supply of them. <laughs> okay. Th this chest is as empty as your soul. Chest kind ill needs a leader such as you. That that was the line. And then with the item you took still in your hand, you look in the chest. The chest looks back at you with an expression that says, brah. 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 That one had me in hysterics. Yeah, I mean, I understand why they got rid of them because they were really um, uh, intense, you know, uh, labor intensive to to get them all in there. But um, now that I've experienced them, I understand what I was missing in Cold Steel. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsors, Orbal VPN. <laughs> <laughs> that that one made me laugh so hard. You're sucked into the chest and end up in a chest-based world with no way back. Decades go by, your memories of Crossbell fade, and as your life comes to an end, you take your final breath, only to wake up. It was all a dream. They went Star Trek. Nice. Oh, right, with uh, Miles. See, I was thinking the Picard one where he lived a whole lifetime in a dream and i can't oh yeah the they that. do that again in ds9 where um miles okay. spends his uh lifetime in a um prison cell oh yeah what star then, trek would never uh, recycle stories <laughs> <laughs> that's not a thing and then rick and morty makes fun of that by having that be a vr game apparently uh you and chris were discussing that episode last week Mm -hmm. the, During it's one all of a your dream. streams. Yep. Phil. Yep. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Yep. And there's definitely some recycled, plenty of recycled <laughs> stories if you watch all of the Star Trek series. Uh, they do like to go back to the well a few times. Um, I have been watching Strange New World. Mm, oh, is, I, yeah, that's been pretty good, right? It's been pretty good i i was surprised i kind of went into it um thinking that it was going to be you know a solid mad of 10 and then i ended up kind of really enjoying it i i've been trying to watch lower decks but some of the references have been way too deep even for me well mainly because i've only ever seen uh tng and ds9 and I, I only know some of the references, like, you know, J Janeway being a terrible captain, apparently. Um, or, I don't think she's a terrible captain. I, I can't remember. Now. I guess it's I guess that depends on who you talk to. Right. Uh, <laughs> people have strong feelings about Voyager. Um, yeah. People either really, really like Voyager and it's probably one of their favorite series or people were like, she's a terrible captain. All of her decisions were dumb. How on earth did she ever make it out of the Delta Quadrant? How did she make it out of the Delta Quadrant? Uh, I don't know. I, the only thing I didn't like about her was like the first few seasons, her voice was like this. And, and it just, the voice was like nailed across it. And then it softened up somewhere. And it, yes. It, it, yeah. That was the only criticism I, I personally really had. I, I But then maybe my standards aren't quite as high as some of these other viewers. So, I don't know. All right. Um, so that's is that, pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. I don't think anybody wants to hear about WoW. 
things to hear about. Wow. Uh, what, what, but what, come on, Kelly. What is the RPG cast without WoW talk? Uh, I mean, it's like it's we're back soul, in 2012 like the, again. We're back at the chest again, where it's a soulless, empty container, like your soul. No. Um, right. Did you do anything fun this week? Anything new and exciting in WoW that we haven't talked about before by chance? I had switched covenants to Night Fae and realized I would have had a lot more fun initially if I would have started Night Fae from the beginning, since that covenant is actually a lot more interesting than the Angel Covenant I joined initially. Mm-hmm. And you probably don't even know what I'm talking about. I, I know about like the covenants, I just don't know about that particular Yeah. One. Um, so, so the angel one, which I mostly joined because of cosmetic reasons, just had a really dull story, um, versus the night fade that kind of goes into, um, like what happened to all of the souls that got killed when the night, when the, um, Teldrassil got burned, mm-hmm. which is, is very c- kind of a tragic story in WoW. Mm. Um. And you have to go actually save some of those souls uh, that got condemned to the maw. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if you know the resolution to the Shadowlands story. Mm-hmm. I don't. No spoilers. Okay. <clears throat> I, I mean, the, the new expansion is coming out by the end of the month. I know. I'm I'm in the middle of going through the back half of my Covenant story because I stopped playing... Um, I want to say uh, two years ago, year and a half ago. Mm. It's been a while. <clears throat> so I'm just now catching up on all of the content. Yeah. And then <laughs> last night, I just kind of got a wild hair in me and went through uh, Antorius, the Burning Throne on my rogue by myself for no other reason than to get transmog gear and ba- basically stabbed Argus in the face. Yay! Face stabbing. <laughs> That'll teach him. Because um, Rogue has an abil- a talent now that if you use slice and dice, you also get healed. So she, do I mean, granted, it's a low level or a lower level raid, but she basically can't die now. <laughs> nice, convenient. Uh, I miss going through older dungeons, uh, farming transmog stuff, but I pretty much have most of the hunter sets now. So I need to go through on some of my other characters and start farming up some of the sets. And there's a set I really want in uh, that that first Shadowlands raid. I'm blanking on the Castle Naritha. I really want this this one leather set that's in there that looks like a vampire hunter get up. But I'm going to have to wait until I'm level 70 before I even attempt that. Uh, Castle Naritha... Let's show this to everybody who's watching the stream. That does oh, look pretty would... damn cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I that's like the, it. the mythic version of it. I'm probably going to go for a different recolor, probably the normal. But yeah, I I love that set. That looks crazy. Yeah, it I... does look pretty cool. Yeah, I'm probably going to go for the normal variant. I don't know, maybe heroic. It's going to depend on what I can get through. Love well, and the... now that we can group together, we could always oh. try duoing it. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. remember, my my main at the moment is a Death Knight tank. Right. 
Wait, uh, so we can cross faction group together? Is that what y'all are talking about? Yeah. yeah. Nice. I had heard the, about a little about that. So my rogue is alliance. So that that works. Um, but if I also wanted to throw my demon hunter into that mix, I could too. Nice. Well, yeah, no, it looks great. It definitely seems worth uh, uh, going for. Uh, so the Horde and Alliance have finally made peace, asked Doomerang. No, more like the player base is dwindling, so they didn't know how to handle <laughs> grouping. <laughs> the reason that might be the line they're trying to sell you, but the reasons are far more meta. <laughs> so let's be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, it's the first MMO that has a faction system that has lasted this long, and we knew that this was going to happen when the player base dwindled eventually. Um, the the only thing you can't do cross faction is outdoor content. Everything else you can, which makes nice. sense. Yeah, yeah, coolly. All right. Well, what, what have you been playing? What though? have I been playing? Oh my gosh, I've been playing balloons on the stream. No, um, <laughs> I can't get balloons is a classic. Everyone should play balloons. Uh, those monkeys are so damn cute. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, no more trails in the sky. Been doing that a little bit on the stream. Uh, haven't got a whole lot more to report on that because I really haven't gotten that much further. I knocked out a couple of story quests and have just been doing a lot of the uh, the the guild quest right, which are pretty much go and kill some big monster somewhere. I did hit a bit of a, uh, a difficulty spike because up my attitude towards JRPGs, which have a lot of systems, is to ignore said systems until I hit some sort of wall that makes me want to use them. Because if the game's too easy, because there are plenty of JRPGs that are extremely easy, then I'm just going to go ahead and not use the systems. And that way, at least it's a little challenge, right? Uh, in terms of the right. actual you know, strategy that I'm using in the combat. But I did run into a couple of, well, I had hit one boss early on, well, chapter two, I should say, that forced me to go back and just upgrade everyone's armor. Once I did that, I got through them no problem without even looking too much at their their uh, orb ornaments or anything along those lines. But then a few hours later, I did you know one of those guild side quests. That, that boss wiped the floor with me. So I went through, upgraded their ornaments, uh, maxed out uh, the main characters, whatever his name is, I forget already. Uh, um, maxed out yeah. Joshua. Joshua, thank you. Maxed out his ornament, uh, so now he has like a bazillion magic points that he'll never use. Uh, and went back and was able to to get by. Now, unfortunately, like, max out the ornaments doesn't do a whole lot for defense, which is where the boss was kind of killing me. But uh, I was able to kill him faster before he wiped us all out. Uh, I didn't have the healing to to, to take him on. Um, but, uh, you know, for any length of time, because he just did all kinds of AOE damage. So, uh, but that was satisfying. And I'm still enjoying the game, and I'm going to continue to plug through it. But I definitely have people, to your earlier point, Anna, like, this is a bit of a drag. There's definitely people in the stream who's like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we, are there, we there, yet? Yet? Are are there, there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And so okay. I have I have resorted. I have resorted to playing old RPG cast in the background at times where I just run out of things to say while I'm going through these fetch quests and the such, uh, or go out and kill Monster X find and kill Monster X quest. Uh, it, it is it is uh, definitely a slow burn, uh, so we'll we'll see. It's it's definitely not helping out the uh, the stream numbers a whole lot, but I'm I'm kind of committed to it now. Um, 
So we'll see. Uh, I, but I, I'm enjoying it, I'm, but partially because people like you warned me. And as I mentioned on my stream, personally for me, had I walked into this blind, had I bought this day one going, ooh, new JRPG and bought this blind, I really do think that the pacing would have turned me off. This thing makes Persona look like light speed in terms oh my of, gosh. you know, in terms of its delivery at times. So I can definitely see where some of your criticism and some other people's criticism has has come in. But because I was prepped and I, it's kind of like no one complains about the line at the DMV. I mean, they do, let's be honest. But most people, for the most part, don't get upset about it because we already know what to expect to the DMV. But if you ever went to McDonald's and experienced that kind of line, you get cranky because you expect McDonald's to be fast um, because you guys prepped my expectations. Uh, I, I, I'm able to enjoy it a little more. So I appreciate all the feedback. That's good. Yeah, it does help. It does help, I think, for me personally. I, you know, I won't speak for everybody, but to have some expectations on those types of things makes it easier for me to enjoy. Um, and the other, the other big surprise was it was mentioned uh, that we had a a, a uh, publisher-provided copy of Mountain Blade of uh, Two Bannerlord available for streaming. And I'm like, oh, yeah, streaming codes, please. Uh, absolutely. So I've been playing Bannerlord, and uh, it, I played a little Mountain Blade back in the day. For those who don't know, the Mountain Blade the series now is a very open, very, very open world game. And the closest analogy uh, that I can give people is if you've ever played Sid Meier's Pirates, just imagine that in, like, medieval England type of country-ish, Europe type of country-ish, where you're going all over, and you can uh, you can go and try to take over towns. You start off very small, uh, uh, and then you'll eventually get an army, and you can eventually buy. You can do whatever you want, like in pirates. You can take over towns if you want to and loot them. You can buy shops and start running them. You can set up caravan routes and start sending off caravans. All the while, you have a main character with their own stat system that you're going to build up to either be the best warrior or the best leader or the best blacksmith. Uh, so that they can play their role. You're going to be able to hire other heroes uh, who are able to take on all those big roles for you, on top of all the different soldiers, of course, that are just going to be in your army. You can, uh, you, you're you going to be able to meet a ton of different NPCs and nobles. It's up to you how you want to develop their relationships. If you want to start, once you get big enough and you get yourself established, if you want to start launching a crusade against a country because you want to take it over for yourself, you can do that. Uh, the world is your oyster. And how you approach these things is up to you. Uh, but there are a, you know, it is it is one half medieval simulation, like the economy, for example. You can get involved in trading. You can go and buy, you know, fish from a place where they're buying and, se you know, selling at low prices because there's a ton of stock and take it to some place where they're paying twice as much for fish. Uh, there's all kinds of quests you can pick up and do to help earn reputation and, and money and the such. There's just so many things, and it's all open world. There is a bit of a main quest, which again reminds me of Pirates. Uh, if you if you all have played Pirates, uh, did, did any of you ever play Sid Meier's Pirates back in the day? Yes, I did. You remember that you had I like did. a quest to find like either I think it was your sister or your half sister. Yeah. 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 You've kind of got that thing going on here uh, as well. So that's uh, that's kind of in the background and, and is as close to a main quest as I think we're probably going to get there because Iron that is extremely open world and just set your own goals and, and, and go and have fun with it. 
Uh, you can even you can even uh, get married. You can even have children. And should your character meet an untimely demise, or you simply take too long and age catches up with you, uh, next thing you know, you're playing one of the children and you're carrying everything forward. Uh, it, it, you want to have lots of children because you can have them become uh, your vassals and put them in charge of your various estates and things like that. It's just it's just insane. Every one of these major characters has gear, stats, and everything else uh, that that you will uh, help you know manage. Uh, and so it's it's a it's very deep on the RPG mechanics, but at the same time, it's also deep on the kind of the simulation strategy side of things. The combat itself, when you do get into a fight, it, it feels like total war. Uh, so you'll you'll see the enemies up ahead and you can run at them in third person perspective shoot arrows at them hit them with weapons they've done a lot of work to make these weapons feel as realistic as possible weapons have weight they take you know it takes a little bit of time to pull your arm back one of the things i notice is when shooting a bow from horseback if i shoot on my left side i have a much ang wider angle of shot than i do off on my right side and i'm guessing that's because realistically it's much harder to pull your arm back if you're trying to bend over to your right than it is if you're bending over to your left assuming that you're right-handed um so they they have put a lot of attention into that but at the same time you're commanding an army so with a few hotkeys you can tell the army who's behind you to go here go there you can break your army into groups and try a flanking maneuver if you want to help uh, confuse the enemy and for me personally, because I suck at action games, I have I, I did a, I, I, my first character failed, I think. So I built another character that's all about leadership and 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 I'm just going to be like, you know, what, I'm going to sit back here, guys. I got your back. I'm going to shoot some arrows, but you guys got this. <laughs> yeah, I'll cheer you on. I've got good leadership skill. I'm sure that's giving you some bonuses. Go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's been very, very interesting. And there's so much there and it takes a little while to to get through your first few fights and, and there's so much in the game it can be a bit overwhelming it is definitely one of those games kind of like monster hunter where i feel it, it behooves you to spend a little time on youtube and look up some videos on hey you're, you're new to mountain blade let's talk about how to play the game and, and and give you some hot tips um but but as you play into this and these things start opening up and your mind starts thinking about the possibilities of what you can do it is it is pretty pretty cool if not a little overwhelming but um yeah so good early first impression uh five hour rules says we're going to continue to play it <laughs> so really really uh having a good time with that so far i i couldn't compare it to mountain blade one though i did not play enough in recent memory to be able to do a direct comparison and tell you the differences but between the two um so I'm sure there is some Mountain Blade savants already doing that somewhere on the internet. So I will point people in those directions for that. But I'll continue to plug away at it. So expect to see more of that on the, on my stream, along with Trails in the Sky and occasionally some Baldur's Gate. We did a we did a poll of viewers uh, what they wanted to see me stream out of the six or so games that I'm polygaming, and I was surprised to find out that Trail, Trails in the Sky number one that was a no brainer. But I was surprised that Baldur's Gate tied. So we do have some Baldur's Gate fans, but that's that's pretty much what I've I've been playing. So yay! 
Um, I know you two are really now. You're just ready to dive into Bannerlord now, right? You're, you're all excited. <laughs> Listen um, to these two that ladies. That was like, my Yay. code. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I am not in a good position to play this game right now. Let's see if Phil will play it. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's just toss this uh, to somebody else here. Yeah, no, it's uh, you know, honestly, I would never count myself like a big mountain and, and blade person at all because, like I said, I kind of played the first game and. I, I wouldn't say I officially five hour ruled it, but it wasn't, it didn't quite capture. I mean, I think part of it was that, you know, the fact that it was a bit overwhelming and it just kind of throws you there with not a whole lot of direction. The first one does anyways. The second one tries a little bit better. It does have a bit of a tutorial and it takes you through the first few steps of what you should be doing to get your campaign going. And then it takes away everything you've earned and tells you now go try it again yourself, you know, because now you're in the real campaign. Um, so at least it, it does give you a little bit of a starting nudge, uh, but it's not much. And it's easy to go, oh, okay, what 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 are my options? What are some things I can do now? And it's, it's really easy to kind of get, yeah. But I think what helped this time was I watched some YouTube videos. Uh, so yeah, bless you. All right. Uh, I think, I think uh, we have some feedback. We have feedback. Yes, we should, have, we should have like a noise for that. That's different than the news noise. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. <laughs> um, we asked, what games are people looking forward to for the rest of the year? Um, from Batty Called. Batty Called. Batty Called. I'm surprised Chris hasn't played Hollow Live themed Vampire Survivors clone yet. I I don't think that he knew that such a thing existed. Um, if you at Nib um is he Sovin or Nabuo on Discord? I can never Nibu. remember. So if you if you come to rpgamer.com slash discord and join our Discord and shoot Nabuo a link, I'm sure he will play it. Yes. Maybe he'll even play it during a podcast for you. Uh, from Tracer 3, the games I am most looking forward to are Tactics Ogre, Ogre Reborn and Crisis Core Reunion. So I'm I'm kind of with Tracer on this one because those were two games that I did not play when they originally came out. Um, but I am definitely suffering thoroughly from too many game syndrome. There is so many things coming out in the next six weeks that I want to play. And I 100% well, I'll say 95% agree with you, Anna. I, uh, I, 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 Tactics Ogre, uh, unfortunately, I, I, it came out. I didn't get to really play it. I remember on the PlayStation 1, uh, and I bought it, and then I sold it for a crap ton of money much later, but I never actually sat down and played it very far. And then I got on the PSP, and once again, <laughs> just never got around to it. But I'm also worried that I'm kind of suffering from just too much stuff that's on my plate right now. I'll say new games, uh, though Bannerlord, obviously very new, but you know, then I'm also playing Trails in the Sky and heavily invested in getting through the Baldur's Gate series. So I just feel like I got too much to to really jump directly into Tactics Ogre anytime uh, soon. Yeah, I'm holding off on a, a bunch of the new stuff that's coming out, mainly because I know that Pokemon's just going to be my life for the next uh, two months when it comes out. Um, uh, I, put a, I put a lot of the stuff that's coming out on my Christmas list. Quick question for you, Yeah, Kelly. that's what I did, too. Do you got to catch them all? Yes. Like, do you I do all very... of the Pokemon? Are you, like, a full collector type of person? Yes, I have a living okay. Pokedex, and I very much uh, like to do the c c catch them all thing. Nice. 
the the nice thing is that when you have a living Pokedex, you really only have to worry about um, the new ones. But you know, just just for funsies, I like to complete the Pokedex within the game itself because they usually have some older Pokemon in there that you can collect as well. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, sometimes I'm kind of glad that they don't haven't included the National Pokedex in some of the newer games because it makes my life a lot easier. But I also understand people missing their favorites. Yeah. I get that. Um, as a as a Zangoose fan, Zangoose being like one of my favorite Pokemon of all time, uh, yeah, he does not give get much love at all. Mm. But we've always got to have that rat Pikachu in. <laughs> so, because <laughs> Pikachu is so useful. Um, <laughs> what else do we have for feedback? Um, from And finally, from the anime man, I'm really looking forward to Front Mission and Harvestella, although I really wish we had an update on the Advanced Wars 1 and 2 remake. Yeah, that kind of just fell off the face of the earth, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I was a little worried. Uh, I was having a conversation with uh, Woodhouse, and it's kind of ironic. It was last week, and we were talking about you know Front Mission One remake and and how you know they those those timelines just kept slipping very quietly without really an update from them, and we hadn't heard anything for a while. Uh, Woodhouse had even made a video about it on his uh, channel. I think it's Woodhouse Two Hundred Four if you want to check that out on YouTube. But uh, but it was like a few days later. Uh, when uh, when I saw Alex's uh, article about that they do have an official date set in stone at the end of the month, right? Which I guess uh, we're going to talk we about later. Get, or... We might get to that. Yeah, yes. I get to that. So, yeah. Coming full circle. Dang it. <laughs> so. Uh, so, that being said, did we want to get into the news? Harvestella relieves pre-launch details. Uh, our article from Alex uh, talks about the jobs and job classes that you can select, um, as well as the game's cooking system and being able to complete requests and stuff like that. Um, also, also interesting of note, this is uh, going to be a game that is has a uh, non-binary option for your main character, which I appreciate very much. Um, the game, I, actually, I think the game just came out today. Yeah, yeah it Harvestella. came out yeah. like two days ago. Yeah, so yeah. it's out now. It's out I, now. I was waiting on reviews, and yeah, I'm I'm still on the fence, even after reading some reviews, um, because I feel like the reviews kind of fall in two buckets of this is different from Harvest Moon slash Story of Seasons, and therefore I really like it, or this is too different from Harvest Moon slash Story of Seasons, and therefore I don't like it. Mm. That, uh, that tracks. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I don't know. If, I'd say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if you like Harvest Moon and there's something out, out that's just like it, you're probably going to enjoy it. Well, and I mean, the nice thing is, is for people who feel like Harvestella isn't enough like um, Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons, there is the Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life that's coming out. Um, there's Doraemon, Story Doraemon, of Seasons yep. 2 that just came out. Um, and there's, um, oh my gosh, there's another farming game that is coming or just hit. And I'm blanking on what it's called. Ah, I hate it when that happens. 
And um, by the way, we're thinking of that. Uh, I'm sure y'all mentioned this once in a while, but I'll throw, go ahead and throw this out there. If you're listening uh, to this podcast, we do record these live on Saturdays. Uh, I don't know. Well, usually it's 10 a or noon. It's 10 a.m. for me. Um, noon Eastern, not a.m. Pacific. Earlier, if we need to, but yeah, it's going to be around there. And uh, I'm sharing screenshots of these things while we talk about them. So I know Chris does that a lot. So I'm trying to fill in there. But it looks Thanks, really pretty. Bill. It does Thanks, look very pretty. It, it I is mean, a looker. I, I I feel like my dilemma in terms of whether or not I should pick up Harvestella is, is this game going to be $19.99 on a Black Friday sale? Yes. That's actually, yes. Actually, it's a very, very good point. And Square Enix's history points, like the eight ball, the Square, eight, the Square Enix eight ball, you like you shake it, it says, <laughs> yeah, in all likelihood, yes. <laughs> I would, I would, yes, I would be willing to bet a few bucks on that. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm torn because I am interested in playing it, but also. Also. It's just going to be on sale really soon. Yep. Yep. I I can see it dropping to 40. I, yeah, I didn't know it was a $60 game. Um. I can see it dropping to 40 fairly quickly. It just, it, it strikes me as one of those games that, um, you know, it's going to be Boxing Day and it'll be $19.99 on some flash sale at like Omaha Furniture Mart and I'll just pick it up that way. <laughs> you Canadian. <laughs> Look, it's not because I'm Canadian. It's because I'm a cheap bitch. <laughs> I was more making fun of your Boxing Day. Oh, right, right. Uh, well, <laughs> after Christmas sale. Better? Yeah. No, that, I, I, no, I, I think Boxing Day is a better name for it, to be honest. Because you, you go to the Christmas sale and you box people for deals, right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes, yes. Totally nailed it, Kelly. You understand my culture so well. Um, Black Friday should be called MMA Day for the exact same reason. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, so speaking of battling people for treasures uh, Dragon Quest Treasures just shows off its battle system yeah. so combat is initiated by approaching an enemy and uh, I guess this is more of an action-y game it says that uh, you attack and dodge using single button presses and then allied monsters will battle as they see fit and uh Players can let them work towards the victory while watching from the sidelines and focusing on digging up treasure. Yeah, as much as they insist that they pivoted away from this being a Dragon Quest Monsters game, this sure feels like a Dragon Quest Monsters game. Yeah, and, and everything but name. Um, you also have medals that you can equip on monsters. I um I don't believe no in Dragon Quest monsters you can just equip equipment on most of them. Yeah, so that's a change. Yeah, um, it, it, there is equipment. It looks like they have. It looks like just look at the screenshots. There's two equipment slots on each monster. At least that's um, what it looks like. Game comes out on December 9th, twenty twenty two. Stars the younger versions of Eric and Mia from Dragon Quest Eleven. 
another one I have on my Christmas list, not just because of the game, the game glut, but also because it comes out in December, and that's very deep into the Christmas zone where we hold off on buying stuff for ourselves anyway. So that one's on my Christmas list. I was told I was not allowed putting that on my Christmas list because it comes out after Christmas. But it's December 9th. Oh, for some reason I thought it was December 29th. Yeah. My bad. Well, uh, then I'm going to go put it on my Christmas list right now. Coming out probably long after Christmas, uh, Octopath Traveler 2 introduces Particio and Oswald. Um, Particio. Might be a little quiet, Kelly. Sorry. Uh, there you are. Pump up my nope, mic. A nope, nope, you're good you're, now. You're, you're good now. You're good now. I don't know why my mic kind of drifted from my mouth. Um, so Particio hails from Pioneer Town, and after witnessing its rise and fall, sets out to expand his horizons. And he purchases stuff from townspeople and hires people to join him. And then Oswald is a prisoner who just got out of prison for murdering his wife and daughter, and he plots his escape to enact revenge. Um, he scrutinizes townspeople and can mug people. So interesting that they're combining the different field abilities. In the oh, holy so cow, look at their shark! They're combining together some abilities because um, the way that path abilities work has changed a little. Now everybody in the party has both a daytime ability and a nighttime ability. Ah, I see. Wow. Yeah, that shark was scary. Oh, oh my wow. god. These graphics Baby are so cool. Shark it's so well designed. I love it. It's so <laughs> cute. That that game is very pretty. I was playing the mobile Octopath game, but I ran out of content, so I stopped playing it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. This this is this this is something I would definitely would spend the sixty dollars on. I don't know I, why I would do it for this and not for that other game, Harvestella, but this looks like it's just it just looks so good. Yeah. Um I I hope at some point they address the pacing issues that played the first game. Um the the pacing and catch up issues because it was easy to let your characters kind of fall behind in that. So I'm wondering if they're gonna use the same um sort of catch up issues or catch up mechanics that they use in the m mobile octopath game that would be a nice way to address that problem yeah yeah cuz that that was one of my few well that and the proper story being locked behind a super boss yeah that was dumb <laughs> um i don't think we have any news on a release date for that yeah it's probably gonna be next year give or take um we've got uh a japanese demo and media for monochrome mobius this is a spiritual prequel to the underwater rare mono yeah prequel um the demo is available on the japanese psn store and lets people play up to the third chapter with transferable save data and um We've also got new screenshots of the different characters. So and... I think they did give Octopath to a release date. It's February oh, right. 24th. Um, 
but whether it actually sticks to that date is another question. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. Didn't they just announce it? I want to say that it got announced in the most recent uh, Nintendo Direct last month. Hmm. Unless they're pretty far along. Anyway. I'll um, tell you. Monochrome Mobius comes out worldwide on November 17th. Nice. What else? Um, we've got uh, more magic combat, de- magic combat details from Forspoken. Forspoken. Let's take that kind of weird isekai RPG that got delayed. Um, you got multiple types of magic for with for uh, attack, support, and movement spells, and you get earth-based magic early on in the game. Um, you could do shots so that you shoot rocks at people and then charge it up into more powerful attacks. Uh, the magic system in this game looks interesting. It, it it does. I'm looking at a video of it here, and it reminds me of oh my gosh, that one RPG with the complicated out 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 uh out outward out last out outward. I want to say it's outward. Um, the one that was kind of like a surf, it was part survival sim, but big part RPG. But it had a pretty complicated uh, and uh, ultimately satisfying magic system of like drawing runes on the ground and stuff and you just couldn't now this looks a lot faster um but you really had to you know as a wizard you really had to think ahead and prep ahead when you know before pulling mobs <laughs> uh to get your wards up and stuff because they would work together what was on the ground would work together with whatever spell you cast in in the moment so a little a little fireball spell with the right rune on the ground while you're standing in it would turn into a, a nice fireball spell um, but man it is a looker yeah, it looks like she's blocking attacks with her uh, armband. Yeah, I really, oh my gosh, yeah, it's got good style. I like, you know, it's got a little bit of um, persona there when you saw her pull up the menu and the text looks like it's a cool, unique font. I do like that. Yeah, it does look like a looker, though. Oh, it's a PS5 game. Oh, screw it. I don't like PS5 games. Down with this game. Let's move on. You <laughs> hate her. Oh, I... <laughs> I want to see what this game does. Um, It's looked very interesting to me. It does, yeah. The the idea of of, a magic, basically a magic isekai with this high level of graphics style just looks cool. It does look really, really good. I mean, in all fairness, it looks awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's that. We've got uh, Mario and Rabbids DLC details announced. Um, three releases are planned, each included with the game Season Pass, which is available separately as part of the game's Gold Edition. Um, the first DLC is called Tower of Doom. Doom. I've got to say it like that because there's four O's. Doom. Um, planned, to, planned to launch in early 2023. Sees Madame Brostella. Brostella? I don't know how to pronounce that. Brostrola, tasking Mario, Rabbit Peach, and their allies with cleaning a multi-dimensional tower and saving Spawny. If I wish Josh was on, he'd be able to explain this stuff. Um, the second DLC is going to launch mid-2023 and sees players traveling to a new planet with new characters and secrets and enemies. And then the third DLC introduces Raymond as a playable character. Hey, remember Raymond? Raymond, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. His, his little body parts are all separate from his body. His fists are just out there. His feet are out there. Yeah, that's not creepy. Yeah. Um, no. But he smiles, yeah. so that makes it okay. See, I liked Raymond's old, this older design a little bit better. Um, I don't think he translated well into 3D. But that's just me. Scar asks, does everybody love Raymond? Raymond, um, get it? <laughs> I I know that that game was like one of the hardest platformers I ever played on the Saturn. Kind of lured you into a false sense of, well, this game's easy. Oh, God, no, it's not. It is absolutely not. Mm-mm. No, it looks like a kitty game, but yeah. Um. So so yeah, uh, more, more rabbits for you rabbit freaks. Um, we've got more details about Neptunia sisters versus sisters, um, including five new characters, a photo mode, and the limitless dungeon. <laughs> so sisters versus sisters sees the four younger goddesses um, as candidates from the mainline series: Nepgear, Uni, Ram, and Ram. Um, awakening to find a new smartphone model, the R-Phone has taken over their share of the game's market. God, this the is getting... R-Phone! <laughs> this is getting way too meta. So um, meta. It has a photo mode where you can, can, you know, take your own photos. I'm sure you'll be able to get panty shots. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Oh, so, it depends on the game. There are some nip-nap games where if you try to panty shot them, they get upset. Okay. Um, about the never-ending dungeon, do we have details on that? I know we've got the challenge arena where you can fight consecutive battles con- to contain or that contain rewards. Um, when does this come out? Uh, early 2023. I yeah, will probably her, not pick this up. <laughs> her hair beret is the wireless symbol. What you, you are going to pop? The, you are going to pick I, this up? Is that what I heard? I finally had to tell myself that Neptunia games are not for me. There. It, I've it, tried so many times to get into them and just couldn't. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm proud of you, Kelly. I know it takes <laughs> a lot of courage to come out and say that it's just not for you. And it's, yeah, I, I kind of feel like a lot of us do this with a lot of series where we look at it, we want to support, want to love it. This is me in like the uh, the, the saga series, mm-hmm. right? I just, I mean, it's a classic RPG series. Everyone talks about, there's a lot of followers. A lot of my friends love it, but no matter how much I try, I keep buying them and then I get in them and I five hour ruled it, but now I'm gonna keep going. And I just, I just can't do it. I need to just admit they're not for me. Yep. So. Uh, that. And, and that sucks because I really wanted to like them because supposedly they're really funny, but I just could not get past how boring they were. Oh, but they have their fans, otherwise they wouldn't keep releasing games. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. No, I mean, there's people who like them. We have people on staff who like them. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, same thing with the Saga games and stuff. It's just admitting it's not for me. Yep, go. Oh. I should have moved this to the new releases. Uh, Blue Re- Blue Reflection Sun is coming to Japan j- this winter. Um, it's a spinoff to Tecmo Koei and Gus Blue, Revel- Blue Reflection series. Um, few details have been revealed about this game, but it uh, the beta test is going to run from December 2nd to December 9th. And yeah, Blue Reflection is another series that's kind of off my radar. 
I, you know, I've heard I've heard good things about uh, a lot of good things. I mean, every time we bring it up in chat, uh, they, you know, the first blue reflect, at least it's the first one I've seen on Steam. I'm not really familiar with the series, so I'm, I don't want somebody to start yelling at me that there was originally an SNES title or something. But uh, the one that's on Steam anyways, it seems to be a lot of positive uh, stuff about it. Uh, and I, I, I'm trying to remember if it got nominated for RPG Club Game of the Month at one point, but yeah, I haven't gotten around to it myself. Too too many too many games. I, I got Trails in the Sky to get through. I, I can't I can't I can't be no, nope. not gonna do it. Then we've got a RPG Kickstarter campaign for a game called They Speak from the Abyss, and this looks freaking creepy. Um, it is a dungeon crawling RPG designs inspired by Cleve Barker and Junji Ito. So th there's a combination. Yeah. Uh, Cinnabite yeah, guy and gruesome. <laughs> Cinnabite guy and the king of Japanese horror. Um, how much are they? At? They're asking for a twenty thousand dollar funding goal. Um, you're well, a young woman named Vanessa who fell into a world of nightmares called the Abyss and must face manifestations of her own demons. Um, and apparently, you can talk to them. So, yeah. borrowing a little SMT there. Uh, that's uh, that's what we're doing here. It's all it is. It's got the whole pixel pixel pixelation thing going on, um, but it's also got 3D. In a way, it looks like it could be like a 90s, uh, maybe early 90s, uh, mid 90s of uh, dungeon crawler, but definitely with a or definitely a strong horror bent. Uh, we didn't have games like this back at a PC in my day. That's for sure. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that it looks like it looks like an old school RPG. I learned recently that every Halloween, there is a group of people on itch.io that releases some of the PlayStation One horror demo disc, mm -hmm. where it's just indie developers releasing horror games with that PlayStation One creepy aesthetic. Mm. Um, there's a really good video about it on YouTube from the YouTuber Nexpo, and it's like. Oh my God! People just nailed this aesthetic. It looks looks thoroughly creepy, and I'm into that stuff. And I'm curious about this game. I like horror RPGs. Um, there's a demo out for it now on itch.io and Steam. So I might check that out. Um, that's all the regular news stories that we have. Now we've got new release dates. Um, Valtherian Arcs Heroes. God, this is a mouthful. Valtherian Arc Hero School Story 2's full release date has been pushed to 2023. Um, do, do, do. I yeah. don't have any comment on that when I wasn't is, following it to begin with. I'm, guess, I'm a little bummed because I've been looking forward to it. It's been in early access for a while, but I, I wanted to wait until the full game release before I jumped into it so but I mean I I do kind of follow the Steam page and I do see that they're putting out content uh pretty regularly so as much as I am bummed that it got pushed out I do see that they're working hard on it so yeah um physical editions are going to be released for PS4 and PS5 too and yeah I I guess it'll come out when it comes out my attitude is I I'd, I'd rather you take the time needed to get it right you know, we got plenty of games to play in the meantime. If that's what you need, you need some more time to get those details nailed down, then, then by all means. Yep. But at that's, least they're keeping us updated. That's how I feel. Um, 
Kowloon High School Chronicle is also hitting the piece next week. This was the remaster of the PlayStation 2 title that came out. Uh, when did it come out? This, was it this year? No, it was 2021. Um, we've got right. It's been, gosh, dang, time just flies by. Yeah. We've got Paul Scarelli's review if you're curious about the Nintendo Switch release and whether you want the PC version. Um we teased this earlier, the Front Mission First remake is launching at the end of November, specifically on November 30th, um, with pre-orders beginning on the 16th. This yeah. is a remake of the first uh, Front Mission, a game that I have always been curious about. You know, and, and Scar, Scar's been streaming because it's on his wheel, and it's always fun watching him play, play, through, uh, play through that. Uh, I will probably pick this up just to show my support, if nothing else, because they teased a little bit on that Nintendo Direct that sometime down the road they are looking at Front Mission 3, and I want to make sure they understand that we really want Front Mission 3, because Front Mission 3 was one of my absolute favorite RPGs in the PlayStation 1. So, uh, and Scar saying Front Mission 1 is fun. I, I just, I think it's fun even just watching you play it, uh, watching Scar play it. It's, it's super fun, and you can catch Scar on Friday nights, by the way, on our stream, quick plug. Um, but yeah. No, I, I really, uh, I think this will be fun to play at the remake on the Switch, uh, but I'm really hoping and crossing my fingers and toes that they uh, re-release re 3. Hell, I, I'd probably be okay with a port that had a speed-up option at least. You know, if that's all mm -hmm. they did, that would be great because it was slow in the animations. I mean, it was running on PS1 hardware. And it was full 3D. It was really cool when you would fire a missile and it would have the chase camera behind the missile and show it slamming into the enemy mech as an arm gets blown off or a pilot gets ejected. It was super fun and exciting. Need to speed that up a little bit if you were just going to do a straight up port because it was, you know, running at a whopping 10, 15 frames a second and it just took a while for those animations to play out. But uh, after a while, I think I just turned them off. But with that being said, a full on remake of Front Mission 3. Holy, please, yes, take my money now. <laughs> How complicated were those games? Not too bad. Uh, you do have to, you know, you will trick out your mech a little bit, but it's not at the level of detail of something like a mech warrior. It was okay. pretty, it was pretty manageable. And then you also had your pilots who each also had their different skills that they would learn. There wasn't a whole lot of like level up choices to make. I don't remember any tree. I just remember certain pilots would just kind of pick up, you know, skills along the way that, that clearly this pilot was picking up rocket skills. So he should be in more of a, uh, a mech that is set up to use rockets. Similar to classes in most RPGs, you had mechs that were better at melee, you had mechs that were better at distance, uh, so and then mechs that were better at mid-range. So you would kind of RPG that a little bit and mix and match your pilots but with based on their skills uh, to the appropriate uh, type of mechs you would have. Uh, but it was just enough, it was just enough to be, you know, uh, deep enough to be engaging without being like full-on mech warrior too much for you know it was perfect for a console game uh i played it again i believe it was on my psp they had brought it over there in the store too and it was probably more fun as a as a portable game because uh, you could just play you know bits here and there but just super fun just can't boy I, I really hope that comes and a lot of story oh my gosh there was two different there was two different story paths and it was better than it had any any right to be i mean you could have just sold it on the fact that it's a mech rpg i mean that was pretty unique i, I think mm -hmm. on the on the playstation one but uh no it had a really good story you would get emails from people that would uh, you know give you a lot more detail if you took the time to read it all and go through it it was really really cool at the internet system yeah it had its own little internet system um 
where you go and surf and click on things similar to grand theft auto if you play you know gone to the internet cafes there uh it's just as you know a couple links you can click on you know a couple things you can search for type of deal but it, it really pulled you into the experience it was it was it was an 80 90 hour experience and i don't usually complete a lot of games much less ones that are that long uh but that one i did finish it was it, and i enjoyed it and i played it again it was just so much fun so very very exciting for for that please please you know bring it bring it to us i can cross uh, my fingers what else <laughs> um elder <laughs> scrolls online fire uh, sorry uh, elder scrolls online fire Song dlc now out on pc and mac uh, so I'm confused. Is it's an online game? Is this DLC or is this an expansion? Um, so they they do both. They do smaller content patches, and then they do larger expansions. But since I don't play the game, I can't always tell the difference between the two. Okay. I, I um, yeah, I think this is definitely the smaller side of it. The the, the because they had just released a big one not too long ago. Um. So this is one of those smaller dealies. Let me see yeah. if I can pull it up on Steam. Um, it is a conclusion to a year-long story, the legacy of the Bretons arc. Um, it's pretty much it, and it's available for free for ESO Plus members or can be purchased from the Crown Store. Yeah, that's what they like to do. Is the and little then, ones you purchase from the store, the big ones you purchase from Steam, like your yeah. Yeah, so they're calling that a game pack as opposed to an expansion. Okay, gotcha. And then finally, um, Focus Entertainment is launching Atomic Heart in February, specifically on February 21st. Um, this is an FPS combat RPG uh, taking place in an alternative 1955 Soviet Union with advanced technology. Well, this is very interesting to me. So one of the things I often say, you know, on, on the stream is um, I feel like if I get a hair at my butt and I want to play a particular genre like that's outside of RPGs, like a first person shooter, the reality is there's something we cover that is, you know, got strong RPG mechanics. And so if I want to play first person shooter, I play Borderlands, right? But the one thing that I really don't have is a historic first person shooter RPG option. Guess what, boys and girls? <laughs> this might have it coming. It's very bloody. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have to put the mature filter on this. I also don't know why it's going so fast. It's like in fast forward, this trailer is like, uh, my playback speed is normal. Slow this down to like half speed because he's just zipping through this as if, yeah. I mean, it, it looks pretty cool. It's kind of, I mean, the weapons look kind of futuristic, um, but there is a lot of blood and, and guts. Uh, so you have to be into that. It does look very, very interesting. And it does look like it has a good artistic direction to it. I'm not a good judge of first-person shooters, though. But I do like first-person shooters with RPG mechanics, especially if they have good story. So. And that is all of the news. Um, what is coming out? Uh, not Chris. Phil. <laughs> so you think oh, Phil. Wrong. Chris. Chris, Phil. <laughs> Chris, Phil. Well... What, well, at least that's better than what Chris did to me. What was it, last podcast? Where he's like, oh, what's your name again? Oh, right, Phil. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, there's, you could you could have, you know. Yeah, 
Could have been. Or, you know, the, the pregnant pause when I tried to introduce you and just completely blinked on your last name. <laughs> well, the end of last names, I get it. Um, anywho, for our new release roundup, we have Adormon, a story of seasons of Friends of the Great Kingdom, a follow-up to Adormon's Story of Seasons, which has been on sale several times, by the way. You can pick it up, uh, Story of Seasons. Is, is if, you're, if you like farming sims, you probably should check it out. It's pretty fun. I have played it on stream. Anyways, uh, Friends of a Great Kingdom contains a new story and setting as Nobi and his friends travel to a brand new planet. There they make a new friend with whom they decide to help achieve their dreams of building up a ranch. Players can use Doramon's special gadgets to help them farm with the game. Also included local two-player co-op. And we can never have enough games that have local two-player co-op. And I'm glad Doramon's got his gadgets back because that's the first thing they establish in the first game. Right away, They right off, they establish the fact that his gadgets are flying out of his pocket as he's traveling, you know, through space and stuff. Or, or this the, seems the to be a series trope that Doriamon just loses his he's, gadgets. We just got to take them away. Yeah, just reasons. Uh, it's it's just like Metroid, right? And Samus just loses all of her powers at the beginning and she has to find him again. Dragon Prana. Uh, this is coming out on a lot of different platforms for, uh, for I guess I didn't mention, Doramon is coming out on PC, PlayStation 5, and Nintendo Switch for 50 bucks. Uh, Dragon Prana is a pixel art turn-based RPG. Uh, the game sees an evil king break free after being sealed for 120 years. Players control the descendants of the heroes who originally sealed him and have access to over 20 classes. Uh, this is by our good friends at Kimco. It is uh, launching at 14.99 with a 10% launch discount. Uh, very pixely looking. Like there's pixelated and then there's what I consider obscenely pixelated. And this is bordering on the latter. So make sure you check that out before you, you grab a copy of that one. For a Vast Future, releasing on the PC on Steam here for $10. This is a retro-style RPG. For a Vast Future is set in the war-torn uh, world of Seralia, where decades of fighting have finally come to an end, leaving the survivors to try and pick up the pieces. The game follows teenager Chell as she goes on a lengthy trip to find the secrets of the previous generation, finding both allies and foes. Combat uses a fast-paced active-time battle system where players are able to choose their character stats, upgrades, and weapon proficiencies, as well as make use of crafting an ammo system. So for a vast future, it comes from the something classic collective that have made uh, Shadows of Adam and Ephemeral Tale, and they have another upcoming game called Quartet, which is uh, sort of similar in structure to Octopath Traveler, um, but has pretty significant... Uh, mechanical differences it, the, the battle looking at the video here the battle screens remind me a lot of the old game boy final fantasy legend yep. games yep uh, that was so, definitely an influence for this one very very cool and and at ten dollars uh with a 50 percent launch discount probably 850 uh that's probably uh, any, uh anyways and then i believe this is oh no we got two more okay harvestella of course we just talked about that out at 60 dollars see a nintendo switch uh i won't go into details because i think we all know what that is now we've talked about it to death but uh go and check and now last but not least sword and fairy together forever i, I don't know where these sword and fairy games keep coming from platform x on xbox series xs and preview oh that's why it was previously released on pc ps4 ps5 so it's just now coming to the xbox I thought yeah, Sword and Fairy Together Forever. It's a console title for Sword and Fairy 7, the latest in the Chinese mythology-based series that began in 1995 and the first to use the action combat system. The game tells a story that connects three major clans, human, deity, 
and Demon. And I I don't remember too much about this. I remember researching it before, and ultimately it looks it's a looker. Um, and I do like these agent themed RPGs. I I played a couple in Gaishin Three or whatever it's called uh, on on stream before because the one that I play. I, and I'm probably totally mispronouncing it. I call it the Chinese version of Final Fantasy. It is such a looks so good, and the character models are excellent. But it's all got that Asian flair to it. It's just so much fun to play a fantasy game that doesn't follow the same tropes that it feels like so many of those uh, games do. Um, but it's still set in kind of a mystical past setting. Right. I mean, there's plenty of games like Persona and stuff. They're more, you know, futuristic, but I'm talking about the, the you know, kind of the magical. The, the This one does look really good, but for some odd reason, I think I passed it up and I don't remember why. But if you want I to feel grab like it, every time we review these, kind of mess scores. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember if they're like technical issues or, or the gameplay just isn't as fun as it looks. I, 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 yeah, you have to go and check that out for yourself. But uh, it is now $40, $39.99 with a 10% launch discount on the Xbox. And that is all I have for you, Miss Ryan. We don't have a tutorial content, which is very weird. I, I feel like everybody is in the process of writing their reviews. And so we will have plenty of editorial content soon, TM. All editorial content. So, yeah, um, I guess the big editorial is uh, Donate to Extra Life this week. Right. This the big editorial is is we are in the middle right now of a 50-plus hour mega stream that's going on through the entire week, and we are raising money to help change kids' uh, lives uh, by improving their health uh, through the uh, Children uh, Miracle Network Hospitals. I always get, the, like, the order of those. You know, get them. Anyways, uh, we we we're a lot of a lot of the uh, people on our team have hit their goals. I understand. Is that? I believe two out of the five at the moment. Oh, two out of five. Okay. All right. So we got some more. We got some more goals to meet. We really appreciate your help. Head over to rpgamer.com and look for that extra life uh, link there, and uh, you can find out more information. But yes, we're going to be streaming throughout the entire weekend and encouraging people to open up their hearts and their wallets to help out the children. We always appreciate anything you can do. And uh, regardless, we always appreciate people who hang out with us on the streams, on our forums, and on, well, we don't forums, on our Discord server, and anywhere else you hang out with us. We always appreciate your company. Yeah, if you can't donate, there are still lots of ways for you to help spread the word. You can tweet about it. You can tell your friends. You can come to twitch.tv slash rpgamer and cheer us on while we're playing games. Um, having just someone who's helping out and, and giving some moral support in the chat is very helpful while we're streaming very long streams. Indeed, indeed. We as streamers always appreciate when you come in and hang out with us and cheer us on and chit chat with us. It always makes the experience more fun. Friday, uh, question, question of the week. Um, I think we're going to skip the question of the week this week. Okay. Oh, we will be back with a more normal question of the week next week. Next week. All right. Is this the part where we talk about what we're playing next? Week? Yes. Yay. Do, 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 do. I, I got to have a sound effect. For, I got to have sound transitions for everything. What are, what are you playing next week, Miss Anna? 
Um, so I'm probably going to continue playing uh, Nino Kuni 2. Um, I'm just re-entering Ding Dong Dell for the first time, and so I'm semi-close, but not really close to the end. Um, this game, I feel like, has like some fake endings, fake out yep. endings. So I will be probably continuing to play that much longer than I thought. I'm also going to do some more uh, once my wrist or once my hand feels a little better i'm going to be doing some more yorha although maybe i'll turn on the assists so that i can play it uh play it a little bit sooner um and then yeah pokemon's coming up really soon isn't it mm-hmm. gotta catch them all yep that's gonna take over my life very very soon i cannot wait i love pokemon i cannot wait to have my weed cat um what we have a friend of mine was joking on twitter we have two more weeks to find out if we're gonna love or hate weed cat's last form Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. i I really don't care as long as it still stays a kitty which it probably will that's what's important as long as it doesn't like evolve into i don't know like a floating teacup or something yeah 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 what Um, about you what about you miss kelly what you playing um, I still need to try and finish up uh, Trails from Zero. Beefy, uh, is it is it is it is it is it as good as everyone says it is? Is oh, it doing oh, yeah. a great job for you? Yeah, I I like the fact that it, that it takes place in a more centralized location because you know you have your big city of Crossbell and then a couple of villages on the outskirts that you go to for quests and. You really get to know the people of the town of Crossbell, and it it just feels like a little community onto itself. Um, you know, versus Trails in the Sky, where you're kind of going all around liberal, learning about the different towns and stuff. Um, just kind of a nice little slice of life RPG that's starting to ramp up into, I think, something bigger. I guess I guess we're gonna see what it turns into. Let's see, see what happens, right? Yeah. Cool. So you're gonna be focused completely on that this week. Yep. If I somehow finish that, I'll pick back up Shining Force Three again. I, I kind of set that aside so that I could focus more on on trails, but I, I'm gonna want to finish that eventually. Um, I just I you're gonna that- be doing a backtrack for that, right? Shining Force 3? Yeah. Um, I put it on the list. It's going to depend on whether or not other people play it. Gotcha. Um, I mean, I could monologue about Shining Force 3 for two hours straight, but whether or not anybody wants to hear that is uh, another thing entirely. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Uh, Our our scheduling show is going to be at the end of the year, so... It's going to be interesting seeing what people pick to talk about next year. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Always check out the RPG Backtrack, just one of our podcasts that you can find over at rpgamer.com in the podcast section. Of course, you can always pick that up with your favorite podcast catcher over on iTunes and all that other fun jazz. So definitely check it out. Uh, And for me, I'm going to be playing more Bannerlord, more Baldur's Gate, and more tits. Because it's all about the tits. <laughs> I'm sorry. We have tits to throw one so, of those in there. Tits yeah. are so slow. I don't know why you keep playing with them. 
because it feels so good. Uh, anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, we're going to get some sort of podcast copyright strike or not copyright strike, but a uh, maturity strike or something. So I want to get us <laughs> in too much like, trouble. You wrecked my podcast. I know. You damn kids ruined my podcast. Um, anywho. All righty. Well, cool, cool, cool. Well, I think that's a that's about it, right? Am I supposed to do some that's, like big? That's a show. That, that's a yep. that's a wrap. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to us here on the RPG Cast again. Head on over to rpgaper.com for all your favorite news, reviews, and it's home to the best gaming community on the net. Check out everything we have to offer over there. Join us on our Discord server, rpgamer.com forward slash Discord, where you can chat with us. Leave your comments about this podcast. We do have a comment section there on the website where you can answer, uh, well, we don't have a question of the week, but you can certainly leave your comments about prior questions of the week or uh, just share your thoughts on anything we've talked about today. We'd love to hear from you over there as well. But on behalf of Anna Marie Privet here, Kelly Ryan, and your host, myself, Phil Willis, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great day and have some happy adventures this weekend. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.